You're listening to Black Girl Blueprint. Because black girls did it first. And honestly, better. Period. Period. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, everyone, and welcome to Black Girl Blueprint, your fave podcast for all the Gen Z black girl tea. My name's Lauren. And my name is McKean, and thank you guys for tuning in, even when we are... The least podcasting podcast we will ever. Honestly, we have a reason, though. When we gave our updates, I no longer live in New York, yes. which makes recording difficult. Mm-hmm. But we give you content when we can. Yeah. You know? And we've mm-hmm. still got a lot to say. Yeah. And I'm happy that we're doing we this. Me too. Amen. Know? I love the optimism. Exactly. <laughs> I'm trying to come in on a positive note. But there's also so many people who tune in. I've had yeah. a couple people ask me when the next episode's going to oh. drop. And I'm like, guys, why are you listening to No, anytime people mention that to me, I'm like, I thought we were talking into the void. No, but there's people, they're like, yeah, people listen on their drives, people listen when they're at work. That's mm-hmm. crazy. I Amazing. That. Well, thank you guys for listening. Yeah, Thanks we've got a our besties, here. our yeah. long distance, never see us besties. We appreciate it. Exactly. <laughs> we're excited for today's conversation. We've been wanting to talk about this for a little while, mm-hmm. just because it's so timely always for just trying to figure out how to live better and Mm -hmm. interact with others and today we want to talk about having hard conversations with ourselves, like the hard truths that we need to accept but also having hard conversations with people in our lives bosses to friends to parents there's just a lot of value that comes from having those tough conversations but they're difficult to have yeah getting into that it feels like timely in that we've we've talked a lot about like discovering things about yourself and things that you want in terms of your desires and your goals and your passions but in order to do that Mm -hmm. you sometimes have to realize the things you don't want Mm-hmm. either for or about yourself too right and sometimes it's not easy often i feel like the biggest lessons aren't yeah so the most important ones though, yeah, yeah yeah i think you need hard conversations mm-hmm. to grow growing pains is a real thing and like growing very much pains. necessary yeah. yeah yeah so we're gonna get into that talk about why it's hard and how we can have those conversations yes but first we must read the room so. of course the room is huge the room is vast please <laughs> the writing is on the wall <laughs> What are we talking about? What's the read the room? Let them know. Okay. The read the room is the session in which we talk about tea. Mm -hmm. It's the opening of the episode. It's our grounding in pop culture. It's our grounding in our lives. Sometimes our grounding in your lives in Mm -hmm. which we... This is the gossip. You know? This is really the gossip. We're reading the room. We're seeing what's going on in our lives and pop culture. There's a lot to get into, but we have many a personal life update because it's been a while. It's been a minute. You first. Okay. So much has been going on. I... I'm in New York now, Yay. which is why I'm here and we're recording. Welcome but back. Thanks. Happy to be back. I left New York. I moved away in August and oh, wow. I moved back to the Bahamas. I've been having yeah. a good time at home. I think it was a lot of growing pains, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about leaving a city that I've lived in for five years, mm-hmm. honestly. I was so dramatic when I was leaving Aww. the city. I was listening to Breakaway by <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. And I was like, you gotta spread your wings, especially in just such a transition period. Like, yeah. I was leaving the city not knowing what I was getting into next. I just mm-hmm. had to trust the process, yeah. you know? And I'm really happy 
also with the decision to leave, which wasn't entirely my decision because mm-hmm. my visa was up. So oh, right, like, right. Immigration was like, you gotta go. And it was like, they like hit you up, or you just like have I to just know when my visa oh, okay. is expired, yeah. and you do not want to stay past mm. your visa, otherwise you might not be able to get back into the country again. Like wow. they take it very seriously, and when it was around the time when my visa was ending i would get pulled into the back room and they'd be like yeah anytime i tried to fly oh yeah and there was one time i was flying and there was another girl whose visa was closer to being up than mine and they were suspicious of her for some reason she missed her flight they didn't let her on the plane oh my goodness okay yeah so don't play with that immigration in this house but it's nice i have been home and i've been reconnected with my family my friends who are home my dogs are so sweet to be with and as i was leaving I was really trying to be intentional about, okay, what does this next chapter look like? Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to think about learning and growing and being challenged, and I wasn't really getting that from the city Mm -hmm. as much. And I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast before, but I did a summer camp Mm -hmm. this summer in the Bahamas, and it was just nice to connect to my roots. You know, I wanted to be closer to coastal communities, wanted mm-hmm. to feed back into my community, and I've been able to do that. I got an nice. opportunity to do some Yay. marine conservation and education there. Nice. So I'm really happy, yeah. And I can come back and visit, yeah. which is lovely. Period. So I'm feeling good, and things are things are looking up. Yay. Yeah. It's hard to move back home, though, mm-hmm. especially like the freedom, the independence. Yeah. I really had to, to grapple with it's that. It's also like a big change of scenery culture pace. vibe pace yeah things to do i'm like everything I spend all my time at home oh. <laughs> there's nowhere to go island life is slow right New york life is fast mm-hmm. i really have been trying to find my middle ground yeah. and it's tough oh well it's happening it's happening yeah, and it's good it's happening forever very yeah. happy well we're happy to have you back thanks. you have been missed thanks um what are you up yeah. to uh, i don't even know what i'm up to like I'm living. I've been traveling a lot. I've spent my summer. I literally think I spent like two summers in the or two weekends in New York this summer, and otherwise I was just gone for both work and like fun. But it was a good summer, you know. And it was weird because I started the summer with no plans, like (laughs) you know. And all of June I like was chilling for the most part, and then like out of nowhere it was like, oh, like I'm going to DR. I went to Barbados. I went to Seattle for my best friend's birthday. Sweet. I've been in Montreal for work recently. Yeah. You had a lot of I'm going of to Miami next weekend. Love that for you. Yeah. Miami, girl. But I'm broke. <laughs> I can't anymore. Like, I'm trying to get my braids done tomorrow. I just asked my dad if he would send me 200 bucks. He, was, he laughed for like, literally 10 minutes straight on the phone. He was like, your dad's hilarious. Braids. <laughs> like, that so That's real. <laughs> this is not happening yet. So, it's anywho, real. yeah. The I'm other summer. side of the girls that you see that are never home. I mean, maybe some of them got sugar daddies. I don't know. I would no. like to know because, like. What's the what's the tea? The only. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'll let you know. I'm loving seeing your travel. Especially when you're in Barbados. Whenever you're in Barbados, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I'm going to Barbados in October. I'm so excited. So I will send you all the reds. Oh my gosh, Where please. do you know? Well, we can talk after. It's a Caribbean youth climate conference. Yeah. So young people from all across the Caribbean oh. are coming. Mia Motley's going to be there. My queen. Icon. I love Mia Motley. We stand. That's all for our life. Yeah. Days, though. Personal tea done. We're doing Let's well. Let's get into the gossip of the people we Gossip. Don't know. <laughs> Yeah, let's talk so much about people we don't know. Mm-hmm. Positive stuff first. Yes. I am a Coco Golf stan. Aren't we all? She has been all over my TikTok for you page as well. Yeah. With her, like, not even just TikToks about her, although I've been standing mm-hmm. since I saw that video where she was telling the ref that they were doing yeah, their job. Yeah, exactly. At 19, also. An icon. Uh, it takes 
a lot of like bravery yeah. you know, to be able to stand no, up for she yourself. Ate that. She, she ate that. that. She ate it on the court and off. And like the Literally. moment of her people asked, did you see that video of her where they asked her like, what are you gonna do with the money that you won? Like, are you gonna pay off your debt? <laughs> She's like, I don't have debt. She first of all didn't even know how to pronounce the word debt. Screaming. She was like, I love her. I don't have debt. <laughs> she said, <laughs> she said, I'm 19 years old. I live with my parents. Like, I love I, her. <laughs> that's I was beautiful. like, that's iconic. I like, what, why would you even ask her that? Literally, what debt she got? She's got no debt. Living with no parents. Debt. Honestly, being at home and up paying rent by Sam. It's got to be nice. It's beautiful. If anybody is listening to this that's graduating <laughs> soon, like, take six months and just live at home especially here in New York and listening to this yeah. take a while before you get into Build the rent prices my pockets have been happy also parents feed you mm-hmm. I've you good. pay a lot less uh, all across the board it's wonderful wow. anyway mm. but Coco big stan yeah, yeah she's so cute that girl and I'm so so proud of her and when she was talking about Serena also being someone that she looked up to and we talked on the mm-hmm. podcast about when Serena was retiring yeah just like paved the way I know and they also recognize yeah. you know the role that she's played in yeah. inspiration i just love to see black girls winning yeah you know? agreed she posted this video where she was like i think she must have been like eight years old or something oh. and it was her at the u.s open seeing serena play and like in the stands like dancing it was oh, so precious i, I was just that. like oh my god this is too much i love full circle moments <laughs> like that and it's been so supportive as well too. Yeah. like seeing her be supportive of other people who are playing along in the with way, her the way that things have changed yes because the way in which Serena did something similar in which she caught out the ref for like a bad call or a lack of a call at all. Yeah. And the crowd was like booing not that long that. ago. And there was the caricature <laughs> memes mm-hmm. as well. Like breaking the racket. Meanwhile, the white girl that she beat, there's yes. this video of her. Did you see it in the locker room? Like throwing her racket, like trying to break I it. bet. I bet. I was like, oh. That happened again with Naomi Osaka, didn't oh, it? Oh, did it? Or there was something else, but I think there was, uh, it's been so racialized. And I course. saw this tweet. Someone was saying, we need to take over all the white people's sports. I love it. Tennis, gymnastics, everything. We are doing the thing. <laughs> Who if not us, you know? Literally. You know Honestly, I... Interesting. Have to carry. She yeah. carry natural hair. Oh, she carry new record. I think she. I love yeah. her. She's yeah. had quite I a little journey too. I'm I proud of her. Really nice. Literally, I'm like, look at. It's just so nice to see. Yeah. And it's nice to see other people that aren't black women happy to see it too. Exactly. I feel like that is not normally the case and only recently became the case. Exactly. In a way that is probably still veiled in some sort of like misogynoir in which people aren't happy or think that there are reasons that we're winning that beyond skill. But like it is just, you know, it's just a different world that we live in, even in our lifetimes. And it's so like refreshing. 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm grateful for the people who have paved the way yeah. for that. Yeah, amen. Serena, Shout out you. to Serena and Venus. Shout we out love you. All of the black girls winning in sports. Oh my God. We yeah, we Beautiful. love black women. Um, On to the next thing. Okay, so we're going into some tea here. Um, so Hallie has been in the media lately for these... There's rumors. Rumors. Yes. Allegedly. Alleged rumors that have been going on for the past couple weeks that Hallie may be pregnant mm-hmm. with... DDG, DDG, his child. Mm-hmm. We've talked about him before. Don't really know too too much Who about is him. He? What is? I he? think he might be like a rapper or a YouTuber or something or like both, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But basically, people are always coming for their relationship on the timeline. Yeah. I don't know all of the ins and outs. I think there was some drama with his ex, mm-hmm. Ruby Rose, where they were just disrespecting Hallie on the timeline. Mm-hmm. But Twitter does not stand this man. And no. there's so many jokes, and everyone 
is really aghast at the thought that she may be pregnant yeah. with a child. Also, her age, she is our age. That's what's crazy. Hallie Bailey is 23, which, aside from the pregnancy, love Little Mermaid at 23. Yeah. She was doing that at 22. Yeah. Iconic. Mm-hmm. She was recording that shit probably like 20. They were recording yeah. for like three years. She's wonderful. Amazing. Such a talent. Yeah. And I think part of the discourse just about this is her being out of his league. Yeah, and seems. him being a bum. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, he is a bum. And he's been trying to lean into the jokes, I guess. Yeah. He posted a video being like, what did he say? Like, oh, my rich girlfriend. Yeah, I'm like, right, right. Spending all this money on her. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, truthfully, the truth is, I don't know enough about this man to have a take, but I'm still going to have a take anyways. And my take is... I wanted her to be with someone I, more fine. Exactly. That's more, really it. More fine. I wanted her to be with someone more successful. True. I think. <laughs> doesn't really matter what they look like as much, but mm. I was just hoping it'd be someone who I felt like was in her league her and someone who was more supportive. I think that that's been my mm. main qualm. I don't oh, know yeah, because like he, he may have some lyrics that were like sus about her being yeah. successful. Yeah. Or there was also something about him maybe having an issue with her kissing her co-star for the little oh right way. and there's been a couple things it's giving kiki palmer's man who she she's still with <laughs> we do not know these people we, we are don't. fully know that that's why we need to just shut up exactly you we know, know what's going under that <laughs> but we are just spreading the good news exactly. so that everyone knows the gospel of black twitter and what's going on when she posted that for her birthday she was still with him i was like oh. ever like, after the usher video though she's always about a bag she knew what she was doing i love her yeah and i support it i support, I support it but I yeah know. i hope if hallie is pregnant because rumors are gearing up that it's more likely she went through fashion is. week wearing nothing form-fitted yeah so if that's the case two fashion weeks if that's three the case, we went from new york to london to milan that's the case <laughs> godspeed i hope he steps yeah. up I she's hope, gonna be a great mother i think so and i hope he gets his bag up mm-hmm. to support her mm-hmm. and her lifestyle I hope that and twitch money is <laughs> the soundcloud royalties <laughs> to come through. um but yeah i wish them well if should that be yeah, the case mm-hmm. but yeah oh hallie Anyway, on to more bums. Let's talk about Tory Lanez. This will be the last thing that we do in the room. We never going to talk about him ever again either. Literally never. This is his claim to fame. <laughs> he's like he's going to jail. He's closed. Jail for 10 years. And Thank I'm God. an abolitionist, but like... Sometimes... I got to turn a blind eye. I'm just like, listen, <laughs> I don't believe so you know, in the you criminal know, justice you know, system. <laughs> but I do believe in great reporting. And I do believe in Megan, Ms. The, reporter. Megan the Reporter. With the What's ball. your last name again? Conniff? Conniff, I think. Something along those lines. But yes. she... That's our girl. To be that. She's our girl. Like, like, we didn't know anything about this woman, but she was the main one reporting on her the, and It was great use of social media. Like, yeah. the way that nobody's ever paid, in our generation, that much attention, attention to any one journalist. Yeah. Not even through a platform or a specific publication. Through Twitter. Through her... Stop. Yeah. No, she... <laughs> 10 out of 10. Great, great reporting. Yeah. I think that she's a feat. And Shout out to her. I think that that played a big role in his mm-hmm. It did. He knows. <laughs> if anyone's unaware, and if you don't follow Megan the Reporter on... That's not what her actual name is. Megan whatever. Megan Conniff. Conniff. Whatever. Um, apparently, Tory Lanez allegedly chose to use his last moments in court <laughs> to call her a googly-eyed bitch. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> He's so salty. More proof he hates women. Literally but again, anyway. right? But he knows that he he, knows. she's part of the reason that he's going behind all of them bars for and ten years in that two with that ugly toupee. 
Everybody, do yourself a favor and look up the mugshot. Oh You're done with the read the gosh. room. That's it. That's look up so the mugshot. Yeah. We feel lifted. We feel as lifted as that toupee. No, truly. I just Tori aside, Megan. I'm glad that she got her justice. Yeah, I think that that's also rare to see in our time. Like, it's a case mm-hmm. that had so much public controversy around it. You really have to have to believe women. Yeah, you know? and, and people you were dragging her through the mud. Yeah. The yeah. thing is though that I feel like it's like. The question for me still remains of, like, did she actually get her justice? Um, I don't know. And the sad part is, like, this is going to follow her her whole life. Yeah. Whether or not she wants to. All of these men are constantly making these remarks about her, like... I hate that. Who Um, are her peers, uh, Drake included. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and it's unfortunate because she didn't even want to go to trial. Like, it was the city that... I believe that went after him. Well, it was also that she tried to defend, yeah. not defend him, but you know, keep it out of that enforcement. And then yeah. he chose to go to the public, mm-hmm. dragging her exactly. and left her no choice. He made his own bed really, to lie yeah. in. Exactly. And that's his that's cross that. to bear. No. But Rest Megan put out another album. Tell have me you what's see, going on. Have you seen her? Uh, I bet she looks incredible. Great. Always looks good. She like popped out new life, and it's rumored. It's almost like guaranteed that she's going to be in Houston this week with Beyonce. So it's like what she deserves. That's beautiful. Anyhow, I yeah. love that for her. Okay, and Megan, we love you. Megan, Holly, we, love we love you. Holly, we love you. Coco Golf, we love you. That's all. Okay, we're gonna move on to our conversation. Okay, yeah. Read the room. Done. Time to get into the hard, hard truths, hard, hard conversations. Truths, hard conversations. What is a hard conversation? You know, mm. I think those are those chats that you're kind of dreading having, or ones that you know maybe might be a bit uncomfortable also yeah. to have. I think it's really the discomfort aspect that makes it a hard yeah. conversation. It could also be not knowing what the outcome is going to be. I mm-hmm. think that that lack of security, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And like they tend to be a little emotional as well too. Like feelings also yeah. have the potential to be involved in hard conversations. I yeah. think. Also Something you feel obligated to do but like don't want to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like yeah. It's off sometimes. Or maybe you want to and don't know how. Maybe yeah. you want to and don't have a point of reference. Like Exactly. I think they're one of those things that becomes a little bit easier as you have more of them. Yeah. But still like each time have a novelty to them that like makes mm-hmm. them really daunting because they're also very like individual yeah. dependent. because there can also be any reaction that you don't really know but i think to the point of the more that you do them the easier they become mm-hmm. it's real i think that my relationship with conflict in general has really grown since i've actively mm-hmm. sought out having hard conversations and it's been a lot more beneficial like i have no fear of conflict yeah, yeah. whatsoever and that feels like a very freeing thing freeing thing a very healthy place to be at because it's also an understanding that these conversations don't have to be the end of the world and Mm -hmm. it's also looking at what the alternative would be like if you didn't have the conversation and letting that be a guiding force you know because if the alternative is you remain in the situation that you're unhappy with Mm -hmm. is that really more fulfilling than what the positive outcome could potentially be it's just a fear of change the unknown unknown. it's tough and it's like I think given that we want to talk about conversations both with people that can be hard and Mm -hmm. also with ourselves yeah I think um, thinking about the conversations we have with ourselves part it's even harder and that Mm. it's like 
you're in trying to anticipate even your own response, yeah. you know? And it's like, it's something that's already ongoing in your mind that you are yeah. like dancing around. That's true. And like fi- choosing not to admit to yourself about yourself, yeah. you know? It's it's almost easier when someone's calling it out to you. Because yeah, then you don't have a choice. <laughs> right, you know? exactly. And I think with the point that you made earlier about sometimes these are conversations that you feel obligated to have, it can be even harder if it's one that you could coast by in like a kind of lukewarm mm-hmm. complacency with, then you're like, oh, maybe I don't really have to address right. it. I can just Yeah, a lot of times on. we just land on the like, oh, that's just who I am. Yeah. When it's like, so that does yeah. not have to be who you or are, are forever. This, it doesn't mean yeah. who you have to be. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. or what this dynamic mm-hmm. just looks like. But I think it does a disservice to ourselves and to our relationships not to address the hard stuff. Because yeah. again, like the hard stuff is the most important stuff. Yeah, the outcome is like, dissatisfaction stagnation yes (laughs) things we don't want yeah i think that i've really been leaning honestly a lot lately into the optimism as well Mm. too because i'm just like i don't know trying to and honesty i think honesty feels really empowering because regardless of whether or not i want to address it or not it is simply true Mm -hmm. you know and that is the thing about hard truths yeah you know yeah and hard truths and how we have to address them in conversations Mm -hmm. do you have a lot of these conversations do you think or Um, yeah i feel like i have more than some okay (laughs) and that i i think i feel like you and that i i don't really i mean it depends on the relationship and how much i'm willing to risk Mm. in regards to it yeah so like it also depends on the context like i try to foster relationships with people that i don't fear talking with anything about with them about anything and more often than not that's true yeah but like you know we make new friends and we reach new understandings in our relationships that sometimes make it more daunting i feel like there's some you know it's easier for me to have a hard conversation with like a roommate or a colleague where i don't really give a fuck if they like don't like me in the end exactly you know like it's just like okay whatever like low risk outcome and that Mm -hmm. like i'm okay with you not liking me but also in general i think you have to be okay with people if honesty is the reason someone doesn't like me like if my truth and my like communication of a desire of mine or mm-hmm. a hesitation or a discomfort or whatever mm-hmm. even if delivered poorly like if if and ideally you're delivering it as well as you can but like yeah. if you can't see through to the intention exactly. of like i'm doing this actually out of care for or in the exactly. desire to keep this going exactly then like i don't actually think we have much to talk about so exactly. it's kind of it's sad but it is the you know, harsh it's also the, the thing you have to keep in mind of like that is a risk. Mm-hmm. But the bigger risk to me is like me feeling, and we've ta- I've said this before, but like my mar- bar and my like benchmark of if I'm doing okay or if I'm approaching a conversation appropriately or navigating a relationship properly or whatever is like, do I feel like I'm? If I think back on it, will I think that my behavior was in accordance with who I am yeah. and what I wanted? Mm-hmm. And, like, I think more often than not, when I think about places and relationships and people that I kept in my life for longer than they should have, mm-hmm. the thing that's frustrating is not necessarily, like, that it happened at all, but, mm-hmm. like, that it happened to the extent that it did because I allowed it to. Exactly. You know? like, that <laughs> is so, so real. And I think that I felt that in some friendships and some like, relationships that I've been in, that the end point of the friendship happened and I kept it mm-hmm. going afterwards and then I just felt really shitty about myself after the fact because right. it's like regret but also cowardice is a word that I've been using mm-hmm. a bit more lately like it's just I don't know it's a disservice to myself yeah. you know to not have been honest about 
how I was feeling about my desires and my satisfaction. Mm -hmm. And I think that it feels very important to me to always be authentic to myself and that should show up in the relationships that I'm in. Like I also agree with you that I don't have any friendships now. It's thinking about friendships specifically, but really Mm -hmm. anyone who's in my life is there because I chose them. Yeah. You know, and it was something that someone had said to me before as well too that you have the the agency to craft what you want your life to look Mm -hmm. like and if you are not happy with something you have the power to change it right and i think that that's felt like a really empowering thing to take hold of Mm -hmm. in myself even regardless of the outcome like i feel like i am being honest to myself yeah and that feels like putting myself first you know prioritizing being honest but I also think it's really interesting how, especially in college, how normalized it was to be in a community with people that you don't actually like. And I'm just mm. like, I think the thing that I've loved about adulthood is not having to no do that. sense of obligation. And there's no yeah. sense of obligation. You really can choose and decide. And people were too comfortable to be like not liking your friends. Mm-hmm. And like, then that's not your friend. Yeah, yeah. Or like, they don't need to be. Yeah, they right. They need to be. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think everything works out the way it's supposed to. And again, to what you said. If the outcome is that by being honest, the relationship ends, then that is just it's unfortunate. It yeah, is. It's unfortunate, but what it is. Yeah, a, yeah. a breakup, whether with a boo or a bestie, can, can be, be challenging. And like, I, I think that was a lesson for me in college of like, how do you get a friendship from? Because I don't think you know you make new friends, and some of those friends you make, you are immediately having those like deep conversations off rip. Yeah, and that's beautiful. But there are others in which you you have to ease into each other and like come to learn each other's language and like I was used to the former and Mm -hmm. like I was just used to like okay like we got it like you know we didn't with my best friends from like high school of course we had moments of tension but we didn't really ever have those like conversations we didn't really have to have hard conversations and like that was a beautiful thing and it doesn't mean that I think I learned two things one that a relationship with anybody that has hard conversations that come up doesn't mean that the relationship is bad. No. One. But also I learned that like not everyone is able or willing to do it. And like um, I've lost a lot of friends. Not a lot. <laughs> I lost twenty thousand people. <laughs> I lost a number of friends who like I thought that I could approach honestly Mm -hmm. and like have us both let our walls down yeah in which i was met with like hostility yeah Yeah. or like you know people thinking that i'm coming for them or people thinking that like you know trying to make it like now we have beef and it's like whoa like i'm not someone who beeps with somebody like i don't (laughs) so much more of a reflection of them than it is on you i I, you know it happened so many times and i was like is it me like is it my delivery like no i think that that's (laughs) To what you were saying about conversations, also, even having hard conversations don't have to be hard depending on the relationship that you have with yeah. someone. Like, if you are entering into a conversation with a mutual understanding that both of you want to work through this issue. Like, right. it's not like I'm coming for you and telling you that right, you right. suck. It's just that, hey, this is how this thing made me feel. Mm-hmm. Here's how we could, you know, come solution-oriented. Yeah. Like, here's how we can move forward. Because, again, a sign of care and consideration and also intimacy like we're talking about letting your walls down and being vulnerable it takes a lot of vulnerability to hear mm-hmm. hard things about yourself in both directions you know and right. you have to also be willing to go into those conversations that some, they can have right. with this back. Exactly. and also having compassion in those conversations and 
like gentleness with others as well I think is so important for fostering a safe space for those conversations to happen yeah because conflict also doesn't have to be negative either and I think that intimacy also requires conflict like I think that you have to be able to talk about real things in order to be able to grow together mm-hmm. and I think that that's a very important thing yeah agreed I don't know if it requires but it often involves and it involves it requires a like willingness to go places you haven't Mm -hmm. in terms of like your exploration of your feelings and your impact on others and like your awareness of that impact Mm -hmm. it also requires like an intention yeah because there are cases in which people raise problems to friends that they maybe don't even want to lose yeah but only know how to do it with hostility and like lose the intention in mind of like the goal here is that we become better friends exactly rather than like a i don't like you right now and like that's all i can think about yeah and like so i think for that reason you know sometimes when you have those hard conversations it's like don't what i've learned at least works for me and this is not for everybody is like but don't have them when they first come to mind yeah i'm not saying you sit on it either because i think i can go to that extreme too sometimes and that like i'll think about it forever and i'll try to think about it from their perspective 20 times over and i'll try to like think about what i'm gonna say and how i'm gonna say it yeah when i'm trying to sort of soften the blow of something that i know might be hard to hear yeah and while that thoughtfulness and that intention of like preserving someone's feelings and protecting someone's feelings is important i think there's also a balance of like at what point am i doing myself a disservice by like you know you can't anticipate everything you can't anticipate someone's reactions and you're not responsible for them exactly so it's like intimacy is a balance of all of these weird things of like how do you care for someone and anticipate someone's reception of what you have to say while also prioritizing your feelings and like yeah. also acknowledging the ways in which like for me I had to realize like I'm a bit more blunt than a lot of people are comfortable with Fair. and like while it's okay for me to say whatever is on my mind there is an extent to which I do want to think about it before yeah. I say it to like spare their feelings and make it more productive sure so you know all of those things that you have to think about all yeah. the hard conversations you have to have with yourself in order to have hard, hard conversations, conversations with people. yeah that's what I was gonna say I think it takes a lot of like skills as well too i think communication skills self-awareness skills but also a certain level of maturity Mm -hmm. as well to be able to take it in and make sure that it's productive you know i think not leading with i think emotions can still are very valid and should still be a part of the conversation like you made me feel Mm -hmm. this way and like you should be able to express those emotions but coming at it from a place of anger or frustration, I don't think is is usually productive. productive no. Because again, I always think about that quote that's like, when there's an issue, you two are a team working together to solve that issue. Mm-hmm. It's not you two against each other. Mm-hmm. And I think fostering that space in your relationships with people, if you can, is really beneficial for, I think, like making a place where those conversations yeah. can happen productively. Like I have relationships with all my friends where it's like, if I do something that upsets you, I want you to tell me. Mm-hmm. I would rather, much rather that than you stew on it and like, it affects how you else. treat me, yeah. affects somebody else. And it's also like, I will do the same for you. Mm-hmm. And I think especially for people who have more anxious attachment styles as well, I think people will just assume that you're mad at them or like mm-hmm. get in their own heads about things. And I think that having that 
open line of communication gets rid of all of that assumption and ideas about other things because then it's like okay I have the reality in front of me like Mm -hmm. they're not mad at me unless they tell me that they're mad at me and if they are mad at me they will say something to to me you expect them to Mm -hmm. say it so then you can foster a much more secure and comfortable dynamic and I think that yeah that's really it is amazing how many people live with relationships in which they like don't they are on eggshells because they are afraid That's crazy of me. like what someone actually like you don't know what your friends think of you that should be <laughs> the baseline you know? like i think that that's that's fundamental to relationships yeah. to me and i've been fostering that like i had to sit down with myself and think about what is important to me in the relationship that i mm-hmm. keep and communication is one of them like if i encounter somebody even if someone i'm seeing new or like relationships wise friendship wise and they're not mm-hmm. an open communicator that's a turn off to me mm-hmm. and that doesn't even have to say like oh you're a bad person just yeah. like, you are not the person for me yeah you know? we can't talk about it what we don't do exactly yeah. and i think self-awareness is also a very 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 important thing that i value in others but yeah it takes a certain level of security and it also takes time you know i think building that trust and mutual yeah. reciprocity is not going to happen overnight but if you're willing to work on it then i think that that's mm-hmm. A really important thing. Some relationships are easier to do that right, way than others. Because I think we've been talking more about romantic and friendship mm-hmm. relationships so far. But then there's colleagues, there's parents, mm-hmm. you know? Parents there's is a groups. really grouped. I don't mean groups. I know, I know. Have you ever, I was, sorry, this is like a little bit of a tangent, not something we plan to talk about. But when we were talking about it, and we were, we've been talking very like a one on one relationship, a two person dynamic. Yeah. Have you ever had a situation in which like maybe you had a, small group of friends in which someone was the problem and like everyone was aware of it and And the hard (laughs) conversation then became a collective one (laughs) i have really avoided group dynamics yeah also same i I don't even actually know i have one point of reference for this and i'm just like thinking about that i think i also have one point of reference and i think that the way that that was carried out it was a long time ago but i think that it you don't want the person to feel like you're ganging up on them like there needs to be a way to do that with care but also having multiple people share the same viewpoint could be more reaffirming of Mm -hmm. this being an issue because i think maybe if it's one-on-one that person could be like oh like she's just got a problem with me yada yada Mm -hmm. like i don't need to actually fix this but like three or four people are telling you the same thing about yourself right that might be easier to accept but also harder but harder because it's like damn like because you also think you're losing your friends people get defensive as well as something that i've noticed i can imagine like a group setting yeah i'll i won't go into any details but i will never forget i had a moment in which there was a dynamic like this where it was like a friend of a group of friends and it was just like becoming hard to like know how to engage one of our friends i see and i remember we posed the question to her of like we and not we like I posed the question and it was like a conversation with like three of us out of maybe like five mm-hmm. and I posed the question of her like I need you to think about how you what you want our friendship to look like yeah like what do you need from me like what do you expect our conversations to look like I didn't go into this level of specificity but I was just like I need you to let me know and for us to put our heads together to think about like how we can better show up for each other as friends yeah and I remember the next I was like don't tell me right now like you can take as long as you need and whatever outcome you decide whether that is we shouldn't be friends anymore or like 
here's exactly what I need from you. Like, it's yours to come up with. Yeah. And she was like, she literally looked me in the face the next day and was like, I talked to my mom and my best friend about that. And like, that's an insane question to ask. And that's when I was like, oh shit. Like, to the self-awareness piece, you need self-awareness when you are on the sort of offensive end of a hard conversation and the defensive one. Yeah. Because it's like, if you can't even see when someone is reaching out to you and from such a genuine place too of just like whatever the you outcome know, like i needed to even if it's hard you. even if it's a hard pill to swallow and i was like even if you have shit to tell me that i'm not aware about like right. you know like i'm i'm letting it out here you open that space though and like you open that door for that Literally. conversation if she was really about it then she would have right. given it her face no. too but another thing that sometimes people do is if you give them a grievance they'll pull out grievances that they didn't even really have but they feel the need to give right. you something oh right. yeah also yeah. you do this yeah and like that can be fun because mm-hmm. i'm a big girl and i can take it but mm-hmm. that doesn't feel as genuine exactly all the time yeah now um, we're like playing tennis right and i'm like it's not like an it's olympic like painting a portrait no but it is about teamwork it's about yeah. collaboration and that question that you pose is a good example of mm-hmm. that it's like how can we work together like what do you need from me here's what i need from you mm-hmm. people just aren't down for that reciprocity yeah. but those aren't people i want in my life and i'm kind of about hallelujah. that yeah time um, me too now yeah just getting hard pills yeah to be able to dish out the hard pills yeah. but i also work on myself like i take I seek out my hard pills, honestly, because I want myself to be the best version of myself. And I also recognize that I am a dynamic being. Like, if there's something that I realize I don't really like about myself or that I want to change, Mm -hmm. I feel empowered to change it. Like, I don't feel like I am stationary in anything about myself. And that is a very empowering way to move about. And I feel similarly about my relationships. Like, if we want to work on it, we can't like we don't figure it out you know the choice is ours yeah literally it's really empowering that we do have that agency to shape ourselves and our lives amen oh my god you just reminded me i feel like can i have one episode where i don't mention my parents no (laughs) but my mom used to tell me two things growing up she used to always and i'm sure i've said this at different points in this podcast but like one of them was you can't make anyone do anything that they don't want to do. Real. And nobody can make you do anything that you don't want to do. Exactly. And she would say that every day before school. And, like, I would always be like, what? It, like, hit me in college what she was talking about. Yeah. You know? And I was no, just like, real. no, it really is that simple. It like, is. And once you let that go, like, it's on me to bring up a conversation. But it is not on me to be in charge of how you receive it. Exactly. It is not on me to make you act on it. Mm-mm. And but it is on me to decide if I like your response. Exactly. And like, if I don't, it's on me to act different. You know, yeah. like it's it's we're that all just like, responsible for ourselves, yeah. and that doesn't have to be an individualistic like anti other mm-hmm. people. I think for a community to function well, people have to like understand and take mm-hmm. care of themselves. Their role you know, yeah, yeah. know your role, and yeah, I think that your mom always she do be spitting. No, the other thing she always said was use your words, child. Use, use your, your words. words because if you don't say it. How will the person know? Because that's another thing about this. People can't read your minds, you know? Mm. And I hate passive aggressiveness. I'm like, either tell it to me straight, or another thing that I've been taking on with how I want to live, which is Mm. a part of the, like, you're only responsible to yourself. If somebody doesn't say something to me, and I feel like, either I feel like I might be getting a little bit anxious about something, Mm. or I feel like they might be acting a little wishy, if they don't say it to me, I have a choice between living in my head with my assumptions and like what I'm creating, or I can just look 
at what has actually been said to me. Yeah. And I can choose which of those I want to operate on. Yeah. And I can choose the concrete reality and mm-hmm. let my anxieties kind of just float away. I can just be like, if they don't say anything's wrong, I can just continue to act as if nothing's wrong. And that's on them if they, they think right, it's weird. Right, but right. I'm just responsible for myself and I can just get get rid of that. Right. And I can just yeah. Literally. I think it sounds so simple. But it's easy. But that it's little mindset shift, shift yeah. has made me so much more comfortable. Even when I enter into new dynamics, honestly. Like we've talked about making friends as an adult mm-hmm. and how that can be like a very difficult thing to do. I haven't been having any trouble, yeah. honestly. One, because I know what I look for in people that I actually want mm-hmm. to have around me. But two, I feel very confident in coming to people with a very sincere intentions yeah. and from a genuine place and I can see that's not being reciprocated but people tend to find it refreshing right. also when you're really honest and authentic yeah. with them because there's cause people, don't do that people do not and like, it's so easy it's so sad yeah it yeah. is really sad oh man yeah but to the point of like I know we were briefly going to get in to what about hard conversations outside of like sort of deeply interpersonal relationships so yeah. what, what about, about when your boss is shitty and like how do you tell them that that's crazy and i've been thinking about i think everything that we've said generally kind of applies and that like my job my current job was really weird for me at first in that it like really hones in on feedback up and down and like laterally like you are it's almost like you are obligated to regularly deliver feedback to your team but be it your you to your manager, your manager to you, you to your like peer that's at the same tenure, whatever. Like you, it's supposed to be on the calendar once a week. Like we're talking about how things are going, and I'm gonna tell you how I think you're doing, and you're gonna tell me. And like it's so, it's very rigid. It sounds rigid more than it is, but like it was actually really refreshing in that like I've worked for a lot of crazy girlies, and you know there's never any opportunity to be like actually you're crazy, but you're often on the receiving end of like your work is a mess and I think what I've learned is that feedback is made easier when you have those upfront conversations like I'm joining the team this is my working style this is the type of things that I like to do this is the time that I like to protect in my schedule like you know like it's so simple but it's like it's like this is how I like to receive feedback I like to do it on a zoom call I like to do it over the phone I like to do it on a walk around the office like you know like even things like that that I've I'm now thinking about in my personal life of like, yeah. how do I even think about the the space, the physical space in which I have a hard conversation of like, is it easier if I call a friend? Is it easier if we go on a walk through the park together? Like, you know, small things of like, that all sort of deliver a different outcome or contribute to a more positive outcome when people are comfortable. And like also asking and like, how do you frame up a hard conversation of like, how do you, if you have something that maybe isn't the easiest to say, how do you sandwich it with other things that are good? Yeah. How do you, like, let someone know that it's coming so that they're not blindsided? You know, it's like, it, thinking about it in work in this context has also made me think about how I show up to other people and, like, how I, one, am receptive to feedback from any anybody, like, whether it be a writer on a team that I'm overseeing. Yeah. Like, how do they let me know how I'm doing as an editor and, like, how do I embolden them to let me know yeah but also if it's someone that's like my manager how do i tell them like hey you know for example i have loved being on the team i've been a little frustrated with time management 
I think it would be strengthened by these things. Yeah. You know, like solutions is a great way to frame those conversations. But also what you're saying about having regular check-ins is fostering a space where those conversations can happen. Because it'd be another thing if you're like, ooh, I need to send an email, like I need to talk to you, let's put some time on the calendar. It's just the first time that you're talking to the manager is to tell them this thing, you know? But if you have that open line back and forth, then yeah. it makes it a lot easier because then the tough stuff doesn't seem as like not as big of a deal but as like life exactly you know and it also gives you more opportunities and i think this is true for both friendships relationships manager you know manage relationships yeah. or whatever if you have more touch points more intentional touch points even when you don't have something bad to say mm-hmm. It also encourages you to say the nice things. Like, yeah. hard conversations are harder when you don't even normally have the easier, soft conversations. Yeah. If you're not regularly communicating to someone how much you value them or love them or care about them, but you now have to communicate something you're frustrated with, it's going to be a lot harder to be receptive from their perspective because it's like, damn, like, you don't even normally talk to me this much. People need to have that. Like, that helps, that helps with the intentionality also. It's just like, you know how much I care about you. I'm doing this because I care about you. And it's nice for them to have the evidence of that care yeah, elsewhere other than just like, I'm showing you why I care about you by telling you this hard right, thing. Right. Like, you know that I care about you. You see it. I don't need to elsewhere. remind you that right now. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I so that being a good baseline is really, really important. Yeah. This episode is not about work, but yeah. if you are a girly that's starting a job or has been in a job, Reach out to your manager. Get regular at least once a month time on the calendar. Yeah. And tell them that you want routine feedback. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm saying this and like honing in on it because it's actually changed like how good I feel at work. Even if yeah. I don't care about the work we're doing, like just do it. And you're going to be so proactive. It's going to be so impressive. You're going to like set a new bar. You're going to get the things you need to develop. Yeah. You're going to keep your development at top of mind. Sexy. Yeah, do That's that. Good. Do that, you guys. We can have another episode about that. But Yeah. Kind of wrapping up towards... Mm-hmm the end I feel like we could talk a little bit maybe about the hardest pills we've had to swallow about ourselves mm-hmm. but the hardest thing that I've heard from somebody else about myself is that sometimes I can come across as aloof or cold or like I don't really need people and I think that for some people that's difficult to yeah. be around because I'm also just not a big texter as well too yeah. and for me I think it's been really interesting having friends who are more anxious and have more anxious attachment styles. Because for me, it's like, if I told you I love you, I if I change my mind, I will let you know. Right, but I said it. But I said it, and I meant it, you know? And I think that I have that security in my dynamics where I'm like, okay, like, if we're not, we don't need to be in constant contact for me to, to feel like this relationship is going well. But I've had a couple instances where I thought that things were good, and the person like felt like I didn't, or I, we weren't checking in, or they just didn't feel loved, I guess, in that dynamic, but didn't say anything to me until like months down the line. And I'm like, if you told me, I could have reassured you right, that would right. happen, but I thought that we were fine, because right. I felt fine. And I, I can only go based on my own feelings mm-hmm. and not based on yours. So I think yeah. that's really interesting. Are these things that people have told you or things that you've just sort of come to realize? I think the cold, not feeling like I don't need anyone is something that's been told. Also the bluntness, I think that I've been told that I'm... I've also been a little bit, not condemned, but I had someone who didn't really like the way that I always said how I felt as I felt it. They're like, sometimes people aren't ready to have those conversations and you'll have it with when you feel like having it and I'm like 
you don't feel like having it. You tell me when I raise it, and yeah, I'll be receptive to that. But I'm not gonna condition whether or not I say bring something up right, to you, if you're ready and whether or not you're yeah. ready. I won't know if you're ready until I bring it up. That's Weird. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Those are my only things that I've mm-hmm. been told. Yeah. Hmm. This is a hard question. I think something I've. I don't know if I've been told this, but I've sort of deduced from the outcomes of some hard conversations is that like, I I always thought I was a really nice person, and I don't necessarily think I'm not nice. I think I'm a kind person. I think I'm genuine, but I don't think I'm always soft. Mm-hmm. In a way that people might need me to be. Yeah. In in that to like you said, some people just aren't as readily willing to have hard conversations. Mm-hmm. And like that's something to keep in mind. It's not something to move around, but it's something that I could better keep in mind. Sure. In in my delivery probably. Um again, that's like I don't think I've heard that explicitly in that way, but like I'm like, okay, shit, like if this is how these gonna go. Like I That's guess. That's fair. <laughs> I heard something a little similar. Yeah, I don't know if like I, I've thought about this for a while. I'm like I, I think sometimes I can have a dominant personality, and like I know that I also am someone who's very comfortable with my words and like the expressing myself through words in a way that some people are not. Yeah. And like those are not inherently bad things. Like they're qualities that I'm proud of. But it's also like I I could be better mindful of people's perception of me which is so weird because i feel like normally you give people the opposite advice of like it doesn't matter what people think about you and i'm i very much am someone who operates from that perspective like all the time so much almost too far and that i'm like okay like sometimes it does matter a little bit perhaps i'm how someone perceives me and you know just in how i'm choosing to communicate myself and like it sometimes is frustrating because it's like I don't actually, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but, but and I don't think I need to do it to in every case and to sort of a full extent all the time. But like, I don't know. You know, I, I'm just mindful of the fact that like some people are intimidated by me for a reason I don't fully understand. Yeah, and I don't really have a desire to understand it, but I just need to be a bit more mindful of it. Yes, <laughs> I've been grappling with that a lot. What that mindfulness looks like, because I think that comes up in what I've been described with the coldness. It's very much so that I'm kind. You know, and I'll be perfectly polite, but I learned in my last relationship that if I don't like somebody that, like, is around or in a group setting, I'm not going to pretend. Yeah. Like, you'll be able to see that. I'm not going to engage and pretend. But there's some people who are more people-pleasy, people who will fake it and also put their own desires on the side and kind of be self-sacrificing in a way that I'm not. And I, I am definitely willing to compromise things that I think are worth compromising right. over. And I think, again, these are qualities that I'm proud of in myself, but in some dynamics just don't work. Right. But I'm not in a relationship anymore. So it's like that. But I think you just have to be honest. Because like yeah. sometimes some people just aren't a good match. Like I think I'm a better match with someone who appreciates that in me. Yeah. And it was a really interesting thing where it was something that was appreciated and respected in me and that this person also wanted to emulate more of within themselves. But would We're kind of shrink around it, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that that's it's tough. a hard place to be, especially when the hard truths are, like, dual-folded. The things that you really like about yourself, but then the reality of how they show up mm-hmm. in, like, certain interactions becomes a little bit afraid. Yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. really figured out that's really real. what to do with those. Yeah, I don't know either. It's like, like I'm going to keep being mean. That's yeah. not off the table. That's all I'm about but to like, do. Yeah. You know, I mean, ideally... 
I don't know. I actually I don't really know. don't even we're know. We're yeah. That's why I've also <laughs> been trying to lean into. I'm just like, I'm like 22. Yeah, but I'm just I like, don't know. I'll learn from more experience mm-hmm. and from time, but I'm proud of the version, this version of myself compared yeah. to where I was like beginning of college. Mm-hmm. Honestly, when I was moving from the city, I was really thinking a lot about the version of myself that moved to New York mm-hmm. at 17 and the things that she let people get away with mm-hmm. and the way that she let people treat her. And I'm like, yeah. I don't have any of that anymore. Nice. Almost to the other extreme. Yeah. Like, I'm very militant about protecting my peace mm-hmm. as well too. So much so, again, like, if someone's not a good communicator or if they don't feel genuine, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. Like, if I am betrayed, it's a wrap. It's yeah. literally a wrap. Mm-hmm. And I've also been being like, huh, like, should you be right. like, oh, but I don't think so. I mean, I don't think it's a problem. Like, yeah. But there probably is some in between that, like, sometimes would be good to influence. Yeah. I think that you makes know? a lot of sense. I think it depends a lot on the relationship because as you're talking, I'm thinking about, like, family dynamics as well, too. Mm-hmm. Like, my parents get a lot of passes, you know? And I think about meeting people where they're at as well. And I think it's maybe different in those relationships that you don't get to choose. Like, I used to choose a roommate, but once you got a roommate, right. you're stuck with said yeah, roommate yeah, and you yeah. want to preserve the peace. But with my parents as well, I think having harder conversations with them, especially as people who aren't big communicators, either of them, and I've had the fortune to become a really good communicator. So it's honestly been really beneficial, but it took a lot of time, you know, and a lot of energy expended on yeah. my end as well to try to meet them at that place. But I think I find hard conversations to always be worthwhile. Like, yeah. again, thinking about what the alternative is to be stuck in a situation that's not really working, mm-hmm. it's either you're back into a position you didn't want to be at or it's up from there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well, this is a good one. Yeah, that was important. Well, okay. Thank you guys for tuning in. We have one more question to of do. Course. We got to know what's bringing us joy. Yes. What is bringing me joy? What is bringing me joy? Miami next week. Girl. Yeah, Miami next week. While I complained at the open of the episode about traveling, it's also been really fun. Yeah. To like go to places I've never been. I don't know. I'm just enjoying like living life, You're being an adult. Yeah. Like, I like that. I like that the job's going well too. Yeah. That's hot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, what am I excited for? What's bringing me joy? I had a great time in New York. This yeah. is my last night in the city. Oh, shoot. Yeah, it's my last wow. night. So after we finish wrapping up here, I'm going out partying. But my flight is at 6 a.m. So I'm going straight from Bushwick to go get my suitcase and then to the airport. Period. So that's the kind of night we're about to have. I love oh, it. We have time for a nap. Yes. <laughs> but that's it. I'm feeling and life is happening it is well, well thank you guys for listening that's all that we this have for you well this has been a great episode for us I hope that you guys yeah. took something away from it too absolutely. go have that hard conversation that you've been avoiding absolutely we go. hope that that outcome goes well if you like this episode you can find us on twitter at vgirlblueprint on instagram at blackgirlblueprint and on tiktok at blackgirlblueprint and you can leave us a review as well let us know if you like this episode five stars fill them all up also send us dms you know we like to hear from you guys when you post on your stories and you're like listening to this episode we get so excited and we just screenshot and send to each other it's great we love this community here and we thank you all for for tuning in and sticking with us and yeah that's it we'll see you soon see you soon bye, bye.